Welcome back to Trending in Education. Dan Straver, Mike Palmer, joined by special guest, Dr. Mark Sanders. You know him better as Citizen Sanders over there on the Twitter machine. We'll talk to him momentarily. We're going to talk about civics and update previous shows around civic education with an election day this week. But Mike, always like to check in. How are you doing? I'm doing great. And uh, always good to get uh, Professor Professor Mark on uh, the show. So welcome, welcome to the show, Mark. It's great to be here as always. Oh yeah, and Mark uh, also uh, has been a, a great uh, proponent, uh, promoter of the show out there in the world. So we appreciate that as well. You got in early with us, uh, Mark, right? I I did. I don't remember how early, but it was pretty early. And I I was I was I'm a I'm a a, a fan as well as oh. <laughs> so I enjoy listening to uh, the show. Thank you for saying that. Uh, but. Uh, but yeah, it's been it's been it's been a little while. And then when uh, when we first talked, I think it was about similar topics. It was about mm-hmm. civic engagement, um, and it is election time. So it is November, which is the season when we all think about uh, our civic responsibility. It's one of the few things we're asked to do as citizens is to vote, uh, and uh, and then that sort of sets off other other opportunities for civic engagement, like serving on a jury, um, and uh, and. It's not a lot more than that that is asked of us, uh, but it's particularly interesting to think about that in the context of an off year, uh, 2019. So uh, getting back to your question, Dan, I'm doing great. Uh, and uh, I'm looking forward to having this conversation. And uh, hopefully folks can think about uh, what what we're all doing at this time of year and how we're gonna be doing very different things a year from now, because uh, I think the the world is going to be activated in a different way by 2020. Um, but I thought it was a good time to kind of get in the mindset, uh, try to get that 2020 uh, mindset, 2020 perspective going early uh, and think a little bit about the contrast between 2019 and 2020 uh, and how releasing this show now, I think maybe primes us more for the year that's ahead. Uh, and then also reminds us that like these things, being a good citizen isn't like, a thing you do once a year or you only do every once a year every four years uh it's something that ideally you're activated in that mindset more often really throughout your life uh so hopefully mark can help us uh, understand that uh as someone who's who's active in uh in the unc charlotte community and charlotte in general uh, and uh, is talking to young people who are beginning to understand some of these questions so uh so i think uh, i think it's gonna be fun I, I agree. And Mark, I guess kicking off, there are multiple ways we can jump into the conversation. We have seen a little bit of a resurgence in, in the idea around civic education with current political climate in our country and, and what's happening in, in Washington, D.C. and locally in different places. Have you seen uh, a resurgence in your research on campus in the idea of not only being civically engaged, but also learning more about it and how to be more engaged? Um, yeah, I would say yes is is the kind of answer to that, and, and but a couple of different different things about it. Um, I think it, it's still so we saw. I think I mentioned this on the last time I was on, perhaps, but that there was an uptick in student voting and student age voting, and um, NSOLVE is the acronym NSLVE. They're at, they're an organization out of Tufts University, uh, and they keep track of, of this. And they so there's numbers to back back this up. It's not just anecdotal. Uh, that student voter engagement, and what they do is they compare, they compare 
the off the non-presidential years. So, but it's still a big year. So last year, when a lot of Congress, U.S. Senate, things like that are up, that's what 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 they track. And the voting was in the comparable period four years ago. So for the last four years, so they compared. I guess it was twenty. 14 and 2018, so not presidential elections, and then they'll compare presidential elections too. But in that in that comparison, student voting was up. It's interesting that they don't track what we're talking about now in 2019. They don't track these off-year elections where there's not any major federal uh, U.S. elections on. Um, and so there are when you talk about that, you really have to get down to the local level. And I can talk a little bit about what Charlotte does. Um, but I think no matter where you live, there are people who are concerned and aware and doing things uh, about local local politics. Um, and there's some really interesting things that are that are that are that are going on. So student voting is definitely up. In terms of engagement beyond that, I think there are students who are helping out to get out the vote. That it's one thing for me or other faculty or you know old generation X or beyond <laughs> to tell students, oh, it's important to vote. Um, and I'm very upfront with people that I did not think it was that important to vote when I was was their age, but I've come to have some, some different views on that. But, but it's important for students to hear that from other students. Mm -hmm. That's really important. Beyond that, in terms of getting involved, I, I, do, I there are there are individual students that I know or groups of students that are doing great things. I don't know if there's an increase in that over five, 10, 15 years ago. It's, it's, it's unclear to, to me and it's hard to track that. Mm -hmm. um, so I could talk a little bit about the specific things that I know students at the college level, or even at the high school level, interestingly enough, um, are doing, uh, but I don't know. And because that's the last piece. So I think in, in those things, I think voting is important. Getting students to want to vote is important, making it seem like it's important to kids, but then like finding out about what you're voting for. Right. Um, and the process, that's a much more difficult sell that takes a big investment of time. And that's hard to model for anybody unless you're literally in politics. So if students, college students are looking to adults or other, you know, older adults, a lot of them don't have time to find out about these, about these things. So that's a real challenge. There is an, an opportunity to use the classroom to help do those, those things, but there are some issues there as well. Yeah, and uh, and Mark, full disclosure, in case folks haven't heard before, uh, you're a philosophy professor, right? Yes. So, yes. You teach at UNC Charlotte. Yes. And and then you uh, you you head up some sort of program there that that's involved with student engagement, or I forget exactly uh, the way to describe that. So I'm I'm involved with an organization called 49er Democracy Experience. Okay. So I'll just say a little bit about them to maybe put it in, in context. That organization started when the DNC, the convention, came to Charlotte in 2012, maybe it was, was okay. that when it was? Okay. Um, and it continued on, but that was a big kickoff event because it was really important. It continued on and we focused on voter engagement, getting students to vote. We had things like that. We have different organizations that, you know, have we have students who work on those on those issues. Now the Republican National Convention is coming to Charlotte next oh, year. Okay. And so the people that started it in the administration who kind of receded into the background a little bit are now back in full force, but it's a big moment for Charlotte and UNC Charlotte. And so we have a building 
uptown where the convention will be mostly held. Mm -hmm. And I think either CNN or C-SPAN, which are very different <laughs> entities, but yeah. one of them might be headquartered in our building. There will be shows, stuff like that. So it's a much you know, a bigger, bigger deal. But so the planning for that started like last year already. Okay. Got it. And there's an example, that's just an example of the tendency to overlook what's happening next week. Right? Sure. I yeah. mean, the national media and even at Charlotte right now, we're kind of focused on what's happening in, in 2020. Right. And there are things that are happening now that some people are really passionate about, but most people I would say don't even know what's on the ballot. Yes. Next, next Tuesday or when this podcast airs, it'll be tomorrow, if I'm correct. Yes. I'm correct. If we hit our marks, fingers crossed. Uh, so today, yeah. today even, if you're listening. If you're listening, sure, yeah. Or if it's later, you missed it, it's okay. Yeah, it's all, it's all good. What is time? You know, yes. You're a philosopher. Well, well, that's a separate show. Well, but, uh, time, is, time is an important. We couldn't have experience without, without time, so I think time's pretty important. Yeah. But that's, yeah. that's another, another show on yeah, the transcendental unity of that perception. They may have other things to say. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I, just, I just want to put that out there because uh, I don't really know what that yeah. means. But, uh, but yeah, so um, I, I would say from where I'm sitting and from what you just described, like to me, this speaks a lot to like the, the crisis of truth that we're all facing nowadays anyway, yeah. uh, where concepts like, uh, you know, digital literacy, uh, mm -hmm. media literacy, uh, what is, you know, what is a, what is a good source? Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, how do I, how do I even educate myself as, a, yeah. as someone who's grown uh, and who needs to vote on, uh, like there's new, um, there's new uh, proposals around changing the New York City uh, constitution. Mm -hmm. And like, I don't know anything about that and I'm gonna need to figure that out. And uh, it's something that is pushed out, you know, in as impartial a way as possible through you know, the fact that you're a registered voter, you will get some communication likely in the mail that, that you know, I imagine everybody is getting. Mm -hmm. um, if you wanna go any deeper to really understand what's true, uh, what's perspective, uh, what, I'm, what am I being told mm -hmm. because I've identified in a certain way. And then if I wanna be critical about what I'm being told, mm -hmm where do I go? How do I have that yeah. conversation? And then even to your point about modeling, like how do I model uh, a critical conversation around uh, my civic responsibility to vote? Mm -hmm. uh, that's something that I, I, I'd love to get your perspective on Mark, but that's, that's really, that's where my mind's going right yeah. now. Cause like, I feel like, and that's something that I think is a 365, you know, take, take leap day off, but like, that's a 365 day a year, like proposition for all of us, because I think civil discourse is broken and writing maybe as I'm not sure how it's related, but at the same time, we don't know where to go to find the truth. Yeah, that, that's, that's concerning. And then my read on what you're doing is you're trying to activate at a local level. And then can our listeners sort of think about what you're doing and then think about how we could apply that to the rest of our lives. Yeah, so the, the question about the, the, our, our understanding of truth is clearly a philosophical question. It's, it is definitely a, a, it's a philosophically relevant question, and there's a lot to, to, to say about it. Um, one thing that I would say is that um, sometimes so, um, postmodern or postmodern philosophy or postmodern thinking gets blamed for the devaluing of truth. 
Uh, but that's a very different thing than what's going on when politicians just blatantly lie, right? There are things that we can empirically fact check. Um, and there are things that we can talk about. Well, what does objective truth mean? Is to, can the truth change? Uh, those are different questions. There's, there's a, you know, to use a fancy philosophical word, there's an epistemological relevance to that. Um, and there's not a lot being done on the philosophical side of it. There's some stuff being, being, be, being done. Uh, but it's 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 difficult, I think, sometimes for people to kind of to fit in. The, so that connects then to, I guess, what you would call digital literacy, right? How do I, especially in an online internet environment, how do I discern, you know, good, you know? So I think the term fake news is is bad. Um, there is um, a good categorization between disinformation, misinformation, and malinformation. I think I got those those right about information that's wrong on purpose with a bad intent or a good intent or just confused or whatever it is. There's lots of different, so it's very complex about what people do. Is it, is it you know, just to confuse people so they don't, they kind of tune out? I think that's really what a lot of, of what's, 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 what's going on. Um, so I, I do, so I teach a section on digital literacy in my citizenship class hmm. and also my intro class, but I don't have like, I'm not aware of courses about that. And the people involved in digital literacy are mostly media studies folks, yep. um, which is which makes sense to, to some degree, but I think that would be a place for philosophers and others to have input in what's going on uh, in that in that in that in that realm. And I know you've had people on before at the high school level or even you know middle school level that do this. I think that's the important place to to um, to start when you have these digital natives growing up right. um, to kind of have that part of their um, curriculum, and and, and and so I think that's crucial um, to have to have that to have that part. The last part is the notion of civic duty fits very nicely with political philosophy. So whether it's political science or political philosophy, the idea of what you're you have an obligation to do, and that um, civic duty goes should go beyond just voting and jury duty. It should go beyond that, and you can talk about political. Um, obligations for, for people in that context. So that lends itself nicely to um, to academic and classroom discussions. Yeah, I, I just think we need to gamify it. Like I want a Strava app so I can see how many citizenship points I'm getting, you know? So like when, <laughs> I, when I'm doing something nice, I can have like, I can be at the top of the leaderboard, mm -hmm. you know, or I did the most good things before 10 a.m. Yeah, you know? so like, that would be a motivator, you know? Um, I think I'd want to push back on that a little bit if you were being serious. I'm not sure how much you would. A little bit, a little bit of both. A little bit of both. I can see like that. You know, if there's a school of thought, like whatever it takes to incentivize people to get into this, you know, do it if that's what you want to use. But I think yeah. in, the, in the bigger picture, um, you know, you want to get away from seeing things as competitions, right? And seeing things more as you're invested in things with others together. Yeah. 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 Um, so there's there's a, a, a kind of big picture issue there, I think. Yeah, uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna counterpoint. We'll take that offline. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But uh, but oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Dan. Well, I just you sort of went down the the road of talking about news, and and we talked a little bit about 2020 overshadowing 2019, and obviously national news media is focused on national elections, and that makes sense. So how important to you in in teaching your students or or discussing these matters is opening up their eyes to local media and to local news coverage and to newspapers, campus newspapers and the like. How important do you think a role that plays in really where information is coming from and being civically engaged? Uh, yeah, great question. So I think 
I think it is very important. At the same time, it's very difficult. Uh, what I mean by that is, um, it's again, it's hard to show like on a national level. There's the kind of national mainstream media, and then there's people can kind of go and get their own personal news feed, and that's what they do as as students too. So we have a campus newspaper that is, um, I'm, it's uh, most students don't get their news from there. Um, and they do cover some interesting, they cover, you know, social stuff too, but they cover some interesting stuff, um, including local politics. We've had, um, we have two students running for a local office, two current UNC Charlotte students running for a local office. We had uh, one faculty member who currently, who won her election, who sits on the uh, uh, county commissioner's board. Um, and so there's there's that angle which I'd like to make 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 more use of. And so some of the people, some of the students who are running, have friends on the editorial board of the of the Niner Times, and they've they've written about it because um, for that personal connection. But I don't know how much students get their news from there. Right. Um, and I don't know how easy it is to tell them that you know you should get um, your news from the the local campus. But local media could also do a better job of, of covering this. But again, I don't know how much students are aware of, of, of local media. It's really easy for students to get involved in whatever corner of information and entertainment that they want to. Right. Um, so um, I, I want to mention one thing that I think was a really cool event that I assume is being replicated in other, in other com um, communities. But so one of the things up for election um, in Charlotte is the uh, Board of Ed, so the Board of Education. And um, there's constantly, if you're kind of glued into this, you know, it's the same 20 people constantly Facebook and tweeting about and emailing about the different, but there's tons of um, debates, tons of events that go on constantly. So much, I mean, I can't go to, to most of them, but the one I, I made a point of going to was the one that Generation Nation and another organization, um, ESFER, um, so what those those are high school. Uh, so Generation Nation is a high school, like civically engaged high school students, and they sponsored the debate at a local school. Mm -hmm. And there's like 15 people running for the, the the board of ed, and about 12 of them came. So that was really, really, I thought, a good sign. Um, and so you know, it's it's hard to get it's hard to get traction in the national media environment, and then how many local uh, local events that there there are. But I thought it was a really good sign, and, and I hope, and I, I would, I would encourage people and they're in there wherever they, they are to seek out what's going on at even the high school level with right. the students that are that are engaged. And I think the you know, high school students being engaged about board of election results was really good. So they actually kind of like ran the debate. The students kind of ran the debate, and it was as good a debate as I've seen. Um, and I guess well, I, yeah, I'm not really watching the the national <laughs> democratic debates because I can't deal with it, but. Um, yeah. But I thought it was a really good. Um, they they had, they ran a really good uh, event, and so I, I would hope that there's more events like that in other um, regionals. Yeah, I'm glad I'm glad I'm glad you went there because that was the the next place I wanted to go, um, which is more the generational thinking and something we talk about a lot on this show. Uh, and uh, full disclosure for those who haven't heard me talk about it, like I, I'm not a big believer in indexing by age or generation. Yeah. It's an input. It's something you can learn from, but. Uh, it's dangerous uh, stereotypes, meta stereotypes is something uh, we've talked about a few different ways on the show. But uh, that all that being said, like it, it is different if you are 17 year old today than if you were a 17 year old 15, 20, 30 years ago. And uh, and at the same time, we're all living in this, uh, this this shared experience that we're in right now. 
um, as someone who uh, is engaging day to day with folks uh, from a different generation, uh, as we understand it, um, any thoughts on that? Like how, uh, you know, how there's like a youth movement and sometimes the new candidates are skewing younger, yet there's still issues around voting ages and, uh, you know, the age you need to be to be president. And then obviously more of a 2020 issue, but uh, how old do we want uh, our, uh, our elected officials to, to be? Like, are they, they're not really representative of the age of the populace. They skew much older. So uh, for fear of uh, being tagged as a uh, hashtag olds, mm -hmm. um, you know, you probably have to bear that label pretty routinely in <laughs> your job. Uh, how do you think about that? How do you think about uh, the way, uh, first off, you know, just different intergenerational diversity is really important, I think. So like the more people are engaging with folks all across the lifespan and learning from each other is an important point to begin with. But then just generally how, since uh, we'll use you as more of an expert who talks to quote unquote Gen Z uh, on a more regular basis about these issues, any thoughts about uh, sort of generational sentiment and uh, youth versus older folks and how people think about how that relates to civic engagement and uh, you know, politics in general? Yeah, so I think I think it, like I said, it's promising on an anecdotal level that I see students that are running for office, right? Students who like wouldn't be old enough to hold their vision un until they actually until they get seated. So they're running underage, but they actually would be the right age at, at the time. So I think those are excellent, you know, great great examples. Uh, but then there's a sense that like if you follow them, it's like that becomes all consuming for them, and it's hard to be a student and be so. There needs to be a model where you're not that engaged at the level that you have to, to run, although those are great examples. Mm -hmm. What what kind of example is there to be engaged enough to know, um, you know, what you're talking about? And the way that I try to encourage students to think about this is that, um, you know, so some students will say, and I think directly so, that politicians don't talk about issues that are important to them. And I say, well, how many of you voted, you know, and it, and I explained that there's a lesser percentage that the politicians don't necessarily think less of some issues than others. It's to get elected, they talk to those issues about areas of voters in age groups that actually that act, that actually that actually vote. And I think that does get get through to uh, to, to students sometimes. Um, and again, it takes I think individual students or young people, not just running for office, but organizing events. So some of the events when. Um, you know, candidates come through North Carolina and Charlotte, the biggest North Carolina all of the of the of the of the time. Um, there's been a lot of work on gun violence out of out of UNC Charlotte students recently because of the shooting that took place um, last last April. Mm -hmm. And so they're not just showing up; they're actually um, like the March for Our Lives because they're actually holding events, and national political candidates are coming to those uh, events, or they're. Uh, we've had students who actually have gone to the Capitol in, 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 in Raleigh to talk about these issues. And so seeing those students kind of front and center uh, organizing events in the media at government, that's really, 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 I think, important. Um, and it shouldn't take a, a tragedy like a, a school shooting to do that. Unfortunately, it does sometimes. But students, you know, they're taught to find their voice always. Mm -hmm. um, there's a, a way in which 
they can they think about that and not the political realm, but some other realm, whether it's you know online or whatever. And so there needs to be an element of that that has some political overtones or some space in the in the, the public sphere um, for them to have that that conversation. Because again, they have they have lots of things at their disposal uh, that they can interject and change the, the 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 conversation to talk more about things that are of interest to them. And lastly, as a, a hashtag holds, you know, part of it is like, I want to hear from them because I, I, I'm, I'm never comfortable organizing student events around issues. And so I say like, well, I think you'd be interested in like, you know, free college tuition. That seems like an interesting, I think, or, you know, uh, student loans or things like that. But that's just my, you know, like, what things are you really interested in? And so getting them to talk about that is the one of the toughest things, but it's the most crucial thing before as an older person, yeah. I try to help. I, I really am trying to give them a space to voice what they're interested in, uh, but then do it in a way that kind of draws attention from a larger audience. Yeah, and, and to that end too, like frequently the, like just it's the, the nature of our society, power accrues to the older set because you have more time to acquire it. But, but when you actually have acquired some of that authority, uh, being able to seed it back Mm -hmm. and to, in, to as almost like an, another opportunity to model mm -hmm. like yeah just a, an appropriate mode of of engagement because like that that also must be particularly in philosophy you know my understanding of it is like you know as a philosophy instructor you need to be critical and engaged in how you communicate to model that for the young minds who are are interested and, and want to learn more um, so, um, I know we're, I know we're coming close to time, but, but, uh, any thoughts, uh, on any of that, Mark? Yeah. So I think that's another way in for, and again, so as, as someone who worked in academic uh, philosophy, I often find myself not surrounded by a lot of other, other philosophers when I am in these, 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 uh, events or these areas, it's often political science and, and, and other areas, um, social work sometimes with people from even, um, psychology. Uh, and I'm oftentimes uh, one of them, but I think for, I think political philosophers should be involved in this for obvious reasons, but then just, even if you're not involved in that, the notion of critical thinking, which is so central to philosophy, is so central to the message of how we should be engaged in politics. So it's not just like, yeah, it's your civic duty to get out and, and vote, but to engage with issues and to engage with candidates. And um, and it's not just about candidates either, because so one last thing about this election in Charlotte, there is a referendum on the ballot, as there is a lot of local elections about a sales tax. And it's an interesting issue um, that you have to critically engage with to really understand. Uh, and so uh, I think that's a way for philosophy to enter into the, con the conversation about what it, how to analyze and evaluate and critically engage with the information that you are, are given. There's another issue of how accessible is that information, how hard should it be to get it. But once you once you have it, the the, the skills to to engage with it and think about it in a certain way is, I think, definitely uh, a place where philosophy can can help, or at least like to think so. Mark Sanders, a professor at UNC Charlotte, find him on Twitter at citizen underscore Sanders. Thanks so much for the time. Uh, thanks again, Dan and Mike. It's always a, a pleasure. Uh, I look forward to talking to you guys again. Yep. And with 2020 on the horizon, we will be sure to have you back uh, for discussions around civic engagement and voting as 
the year rolls on. We have tons of content here at Trending Education. You always go back and listen to our first episode with Mark as well. It was good discussion there. Uh, be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Overcast, wherever you like to listen to your podcast. Also check out trendingeducation.com. We're also on LinkedIn. And check us out on Twitter and Facebook as well. With that said, as always, thanks so much for listening to Trending in Education. Mm-hmm.